wait, 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 wait. That's the wrong theme. Okay. Here we go. You're now listening to Large Popcorn. Harvest Magna, it means greatness from small beginnings. And welcome to episode 56 of Large Popcorn. This is a space where friends gather around to have elevated and comfortable discussions about all things film in the least pretentious way possible. For those of you who don't know me, I am your host, Christian Macias. And alongside me today, he isn't your average podcaster. He is the coolest Coloradan behind a mic, the host of Awesomely, Awesomely Average, one half of Give Me 20, and the co-host of Speaking of Stadia, he is, of course, Aaron Sini. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Last yes, time dude. I brought another guest with me, so first time I think we've done the show, just me and you. Uh, that episode with, with Scott was fantastic. One of, my, one of my favorites I think we've recorded, so yeah, great Lots of episode. Yeah, watch the Man Camp episode. Otherwise, we got a great show for you guys today, but before we get into all that, I have a question for Aaron. Yeah. Drinking as an adult kind of sucks sometimes, right? Because mm-hmm. I wrote in my notes your banter about drinking. And I wanted to get your thoughts here because I've, I'm at this age now where I'll start to get the hangover as I'm drinking and as like uh-huh. before I even sleep. And then it just gets wor- progressively worse. And especially when I wake up, it's, it's terrible. You know what I'm talking about? A hundred percent. And I hate to tell you this. It, it literally gets worse and worse every oh. year from here. Don't tell I remember me that, distinctly man. like my early 30s. I- I'm 36. And I remember like, wow, hangovers come on so fast now. But what I find now in my now mid 30s is they don't just hit faster, they linger. Yeah. Like they last longer and they're harder to get rid of. Yeah, that recovery time is just it's so much slower. I'm at the point where my hangovers last well into the afternoon now. By about like 3 or 4 p.m., I'm finally feeling like myself, if that. Yeah. You know? So mid-30s, you're talking two days. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you'll wake up the next day still not feeling super great. I thought your 30s were supposed to be fantastic. This doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I've loved every other part of my 30s other than just the recovery time from not just drinking, but, like, you tweak your knee while you're lifting, and that is oh. going to take longer than it ever did before. Dude, I've I tweaked my wrist lifting um, very early, like undergraduate college, and I've have this have had this issue come up like I don't know every year, just for months. It just hurts, and I have to be careful. I have to reset my workout every single time. It oh. sucks. Yeah. So I, yeah, just the healing process for your body gets a lot slower, mm. and hangovers is probably the one of the areas I notice it the most. I've absolutely had a, a full two-day hangover before, where it wasn't until I woke up on day three that I was like, oh, finally. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. But until then, folks, remember that Large Popcorn is your movie podcast where I and a guest talk about the latest in cinema world news as well as anything and everything movies. If you like what you hear, please give us a sub on your favorite podcast service of choice, and please remember to leave a review because that does indeed help us out. Uh, Spotify, again. They just, uh, you can do ratings there on Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, like most of our listeners are, hit that little five star. Give us a five banger. And if you have any questions, please DM them directly over to Large Popcorn Pod over on Twitter, or you can call in via SpeakPipe at speakpipe.com slash large popcorn. There you can leave us a message and we'll play it live on the show. We can react and listen to your beautiful voice. A new episode of Large Popcorn goes live every other Tuesday. Except for this one. This is this is an, an additional one. So you're getting one for three Tuesdays this month. Bonus anyway. episode. I love yeah, it. Bo- yes, exactly. Thank you, Aaron. So we sincerely hope that you stick around. And as always, all the resources and or items we discuss in today's show will be down in the show notes slash description below. Reminders, of course, we still have merch available over at bonfire.com slash store slash large dash popcorn. It's a very complicated link. Uh, for merch, but you can find all that in the description below. And for now, I have one short segment for us today. You ready for this? I'm ready for it. 
I'm going to interrogate you again. This is the director's chair. We're in it. You're seated. Okay. So you host a, a podcast called Give Me 20. You and Mel Felker. Mm-hmm. Mel was on the show. You're on the show. This is like a, a Give Me 20 special, sort of, in a way. Yeah. Sort of. I want to hear your inspiration for just the format. Because a tight 20-minute podcast is so unique, but it's beautiful. Because, yes, like you mentioned on Twitter, my walks to the gym are like almost precisely 20 minutes. So it's fantastic. Like when I get to just walk and listen to you guys just shoot the shit, I suppose, you know, just gab. Yeah. What was your inspiration for that format? Um, so we originally wanted to like be able to work out stand up bits and kind of play off of that with each other or talk about stand up specials that we've watched recently. And it's it's evolved or devolved whichever way you want to go with it into like you said it's more just two friends now that they like to just sit down and shoot the shit and sometimes troll eric live um yes. and for whatever reason we both decided on the 20 minute format because we just felt like there wasn't enough short form podcasts um i am a huge kind of funny fan it's how i know most of you guys is through that community um and while I, I think it's totally fine for them to have three, four hour reviews, it I don't get to consume a lot of their content because of the length. Yeah. Um, I don't have the time for very, very long podcasts. So something that I can throw on on a literally a 20 minute walk um, was a big inspiration behind that of get in, get out and just keep it really tight. So that that length is why I, I have been like recommending it to a lot of like friends who just like casually listen to podcasts. I'm like, hey, you should check out Give Me 20. And so far from the people that I've listened, like, have really enjoyed it. So, yeah. Thank you. Uh, you're on to something here. Yeah, we, we've we really enjoyed it. And it's funny because it's also become a bit of a joke. Um, the title itself, you know, we get called out if we accidentally go 21 minutes. People will give us a hard time on Twitter about that one. Um, this last episode was 19 minutes, which I purposely was like, all right, fine. You all get your minute back. And, like, so even the format itself has written itself into yeah. the show more times than I think I even realized when we started it. You have no idea how hilarious it was to hear Eric call call Mel out for because that show would have been a, a tight twenty minute like the, the one previous that just released yeah. until Mel like wanted to tell one last quick one last quick thing it was a twenty minute she show just had to get that you point in and I was like yeah. we're at twenty and she's like no 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 I need to say this and yeah. then yeah Eric just went for it and then he uh, he did his give me Eric campaign so we brought him on on the last episode and um, <laughs> it was actually Mel's idea like. Hey, we just need to ask him what he wants to do next. And then just immediately like, hey, we've been getting complaints, so we need to keep it at 20. We're going to go ahead and mute you now. <laughs> that is, and that, that, was, that was a lot of fun. I wanted to also so, press you on another question that you mentioned, yeah. which was uh, you, know, you started this as a kind of like a workshop for comedy. You're going to do stand up for the first time this year, right? No, um, I actually did stand up in my early 20s. Um, I played Denver's mm. Comedy Works a few different times. Um, and then school took over as I got later into my college years and then that turned into, you know, career, marriage, kids. So I just never ended up having the time to really go back to it and pursue it. And so now I do have the time to sit down and actually write and format and think of what that looks like. So it's more of a return for me. Um, got it. Mel did her first stand up, which was awesome. I watched uh, and, some clip on Twitter, I think. Yeah. I think it's yep. It's, yeah. I think it's her, still her pin tweet and. It was great to see her be able to like finally pursue and fulfill that. And now um, there's a place here where I live called the Comedy Fort that does open mics on Monday nights, which mm -hmm. has been the only tricky piece of getting over there. But they do four minute sets and I do have one ready to nice. go, which has been great. Um, and Mel's a huge part of that, too. We we tend to record bits and send them back and forth to each other so that we can tweak them and tighten them up and figure out where oh, punchlines work. And I like yeah. that. Are you yeah. excited? Are you going to be doing your 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 return set pretty soon? Yes, hopefully really soon. And then we're also looking um I was telling you before we started recording that I'm going to New York in March. Mm -hmm. We're looking at open mics in New York, uh which is either way more nerve-wracking cuz it's they have so many great comedians out there or way less nerve-wracking cuz I will never see anyone out there ever again. So yeah. <laughs> to just show up to some New York comedy club, do an open mic and leave, I think would be would be cool. I think either way, if you do great or you bomb, it, it's character building. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Good. I'm excited for you. Thanks, man. I hope, I hope we, you get to share like some clips, or maybe not even clips, or just see how it goes over on Twitter. Like, I, like I'm very fascinated yeah. by this. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, it was a little nerve wracking. I went to check out the Comedy Forts open mic. Um, I don't know, like a month ago, and every single person bombed. Oh. And I was like, whew, this actually gives me more anxiety than I realized. Like, I was hoping to show up and see a lot of comedians working on their material in an open mic and a lot of people getting into it. And it was like crickets for every person who got up there. And there was a lot of really awkward comedy that, like, I couldn't get into either. And I was like, oh, no. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Praying for you, buddy. Thanks. Man. I know you're going to do great, though. Uh, you know, if, it, if the show is any indication, I think you're going to do great. Thanks. Because I appreciate that. I, I wrote down here in the notes uh, the gym slash massage story on one of the yeah. newest episodes that gave me 20. You talked about this. Um, I'll, I'll leave the massage story for the, the actual show because that, that, that was just fantastic. But the gym part, I was like super curious about. So you, you started up this program at your gym, right? Where like if you win, you get $5,000 if you make like the most kind of progress in X amount of time. Mm-hmm. Did you just start that regiment? And how's I that actually going? just finished the six weeks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I was, I came in third. Dang. So, so close. Which, yeah, I know, which it wasn't bad for the guy's category. The guy who won, unbelievable. I could not believe the transformation that dude did in six weeks. Like, I'm not sure what he did, but it was crazy. Um, but it worked. Like, I'm sticking with the coach that I had for that six weeks, and I'll still just work with him. And it's where he just gives me the workouts every single week. Um, I check in with him with all these different stats, and then he kind of adjusts what I'm supposed to be eating and, like, if I need to be lifting more, if I need yeah. to do more cardio or less cardio. Um, very, very smart guy. Went to medical school. Um, just great to work with. But, yeah, I'm excited to, to kind of keep doing that. So, The thing that I struggle with the most is is – weight gain like as i try right. to like gain muscle like i just can't at some point because i'm just like not eating enough and then when i try to eat more i just like feel disgusting and it's just hard to make like keep food down it's so yeah. tough dude i know and it's weird because i'm on the opposite end right like i put on a lot of pandemic weight and that's why i'm trying to get back into shape and start lifting more but because mm. I'm lifting more and doing more cardio, he does want me to eat more. And I have the exact same problem. Like, I'm just like, I can't, I can't keep eating. I yeah. am so full. <laughs> I used to watch the so. videos of like, um, what the, the try guys, I think they're like, they're like Buzzfeed or something. They were like eating, um, uh, like the rocks, uh, like meal for it. Like not meal, oh. uh, like whatever he eats in a day, they would do the same thing. And they were like waking up at four in the morning eating salmon. And it's like, nah, yeah. that's not for me. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> too much the guy that i'm working with he was telling me he used to actually compete as a bodybuilder and he's like don't worry you'll never have to get here but like he would wake up at two in the morning eat some food and then go back to bed and then sleep for like a couple more hours and i was like that'll that will never be me like yeah. there's just no way i'll never be a bodybuilder that's that's how i know i'm not that yeah. dedicated <laughs> yeah, that alone yeah. i was like no yeah <laughs> moving on to more uh movie oriented stuff I have, I have a question for you uh, yeah. This this was inspired by one of my friends who him and I were talking about uh, Matt Reeves is the Batman, which is coming out. Um, this episode releases Tuesday, so this week this this yeah, yeah this movie's coming out this week. So uh, he was kind of saying that he didn't quite care for the movie, he's saying it looks kind of like weird, and he's not sure about Robert Pattinson. He just doesn't care. And I'm like, dude, let me just give you the L now because the Batman looks absolutely incredible. What are you talking about? The Planet of the Apes trilogy fantastic so i want to hear your thoughts just in general about like are you excited for the batman and do you think it'll do well yeah um i was texting um one of my really good friends who i'm going to see it with on friday um and i said can you believe if this is on friday this last friday i was like can you believe a week from now we might be witnessing a new best batman movie yes and i was like this this looks like it could genuinely compete with the Nolan trilogy, yep. which people have their issues with one out of three films. I, I personally love all three of them. I think they're great. Um, Dark Knight Rises, I, I have some issues with here and there, but the thing that I don't love about the Nolan trilogy, oddly enough, is um, Christian Bale's Batman. Huh. I think he's just a little too much for me. Um, so I don't know. This looks like it could be in the vein of the Nolan trilogy, but fix maybe my one gripe with it which I love Christian Bale as Bruce in those movies. And I think he's a fine Batman. There's just this last time I watched the whole trilogy. I was like, man, you are, you get extra at times when I'm not sure you need to be. So sure. Yeah. Small gripe 
for what I consider a very, very good trilogy. And and it's the small things that I've really like noticed in the Batman that really excite me. Like just the the one thing, um, uh, like for example, it's like in the Nolan trilogy when you know I think it was in Batman Begins. Like you know, who are you? And Bruce or I guess Batman would respond, "I'm Batman." But in the Batman, like from the trailers I've seen, he responds, "Vengeance." Yeah. Right. Or, or was it Justice? It was one of those two. Which it's just like a very subtle difference between the two Batman that like really excites me for what kind of yeah, depiction same. we'll get. Yeah. And I love I love Matt Reeves as a director. I think he's going to do an incredible job. Um, <laughs> this is a, a small hot take, I think. I think the Planet of the Apes trilogy is unbelievably Stop. good and equally forgettable. That's why I ran the Twitter poll that I did that said, how many times have you actually watched these movies? Because everybody's like, God, they're just so good. I'm like, they're oh, good once. That was you who started the poll. I forgot who started this whole discourse. That was me. And because I think they're really, really good films to watch like once. But to me, one thing that I, I definitely judge a film on is how much do I want to come back to this? Is it something I want to rewatch and study and look at? And, you know, somebody who has done a couple of short films myself, like I love to actually study film. And there are movies, though, that I also then watch and enjoy, but I don't really have a desire to necessarily come back to them. Hmm. I, I want to disagree with you so hard because I think there is I like. Can see the blood in yeah. your mouth as you bite your yeah. tongue but let it go disagree and, and it's like, okay and like and that's okay right like we all have different preferences or like totally yeah but so I, I will i will which say part well, do you disagree with do you do you disagree that they're not rewatchable or that you judge movies slightly based off of rewatchability uh neither i think uh what your earlier point to the to what you said that it, they're kind of like almost forgettable because I, I think to me like what I remember most about them is like Caesar's kind of transformation and more, yeah. more specifically like the way he reacts to humans progress, like as the trilogy progresses. And I think for me, Caesar says one word and it's no. And that one word has like more emotion and like weight behind that line than so many of the movies that other people were like throwing in as, you know, great trilogies um in the twitter like thread and don't get me wrong i love my back to the futures i love star wars i'm not going to say that they're sure. less yeah. iconic than the war for the planet of the, of the apes trilogy but at the same time it's like wow just this one word just means so much more to me than i don't know than like marty going into the future i don't know or back in time yeah it, they are me for that no, not at all. I think they're perfectly crafted. I just, I was surprised by how many people were like, this is one of the greatest trilogies ever. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> is it like, mm, mm. it didn't leave that impression on me. Like it doesn't feel like it shifted film the way other trilogies have. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> you you have no idea how like, I have like a, a few people who I know IRL. <sighs> Sorry yeah. that I used IRL as an acronym. I, I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> uh, that I also know on Twitter. And who, like, don't know, like, you know, you or necessarily. So they'll see, like, tweets that they'll all reply to sometimes. And they, I had, like, three people hit me up being like, what's up with this, like, apes discourse? You got a lot of people, like, respond to you about this. And it was so funny. Like, yeah. organically in my own life, your poll spurred so much conversation. It was great. <laughs> I... I will do this for you. I will go watch all three again. I haven't seen them since the third one came out in theaters. How about, how about this? If you enjoy the Batman and you're inspired to go back and watch them again, then you do so. If not, it's okay. You know, it's okay. fine. It's Fair. fine. We're, we're, we're both adults. We've got like a very finite amount of time to do things sure. on our free time, right? Yeah. 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 I also find this crazy shift between me enjoying for the first time ever starting to enjoy like high quality TV shows more than necessarily wanting to sit down and watch a movie, mm. which was not normally for me, but like peacemaker was so well done and crafted and such good storytelling. Um, I need to start euphoria. Cause a lot of people have been talking about that. Um, Apple TV has some incredible shows that are coming out. Like sure. it's, it's kind of, it's kind of wild for me. The best TV is a limited series. Like give me, Oh, one season 
maybe 10 episodes max and then we're out yeah. oh god one of the best uh, seasons i've ever seen of tv is the night of on hbo riz Ahmed, fantastic love that show i will have to watch it i haven't seen it let me know when you start euphoria because I, I don't know i'm also uh, thinking about starting it okay because i've never seen righteous it. gemstones it's probably some of the best comedy i've seen in a while righteous. it's also fantastic gemstones what is you the want other- to see yellow, an indictment yellow of the american church righteous gemstones is amazing look at this john goodman danny mcbride adam divine yeah oh it's on Hulu. about a super rich mega church family it's an hbo original oh oh duh it says right there on the top hbo oops nice really, okay really good okay well i'll add this to my list i have to finish my rewatch at twin peaks though I've Sorry. never seen Twin Peaks. And I want to. I just where where do you watch it? Uh <laughs> I'm watching on Paramount because they moved it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Before anyone comes out. I know at it's me, like one of those very prolific shows, so I do need yeah. to go and actually sit down yeah. and watch it. I was t- talking to Hugo about my rewatch, and it's like every time I watch that show, I want immediately some coffee and some pie, because that's all they do on that show. It's fantastic. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that is it for our short segment, The Director's Chair. If we missed anything, I don't know, we didn't miss anything. We didn't cover any news, so sorry, you don't get to shout at us over on Twitter. Anyway, if any other big news breaks and we talk about it, stick around because we may just talk about it in one of our next episodes. Or if you want to tell me about how wrong I am about Planet of the Apes, that's okay too. (laughs) Go over and tell me that on Twitter. Please, please let Aaron know. Otherwise... Let's see what's on the marquee with today's topic of the show. Let's see if this movie is forgettable or memorable or if Aaron wants to revisit it at some point. Uncharted. Aaron, if you have the, the dock up, or if Dude. not, I can, yeah, okay. can you go ahead and read me that storyline there? Yes, I can. Fortune favors the bold. A young, street-smart Nathan Drake... Uh, and his wisecracking partner, Victor Sully Sullivan, embark on a dangerous pursuit of the greatest treasure never found, while also tracking clues that may lead to Nathan's long-lost brother, Sam. Oh, amazing. Uh, Of course, Uncharted released this year, about two weeks ago, 2022, directed by Ruben Flesher. Uh, Previously, you may know him as the director of Venom, Zombieland 1 and 2, Gangster Squad, and 30 Minutes or Less, which is based on a, a real-life crime story that actually happened. Before we get into the movie discussion, one of the reasons why you're here is because you're also a fan of the Naughty Dog games of the same name. Is that true? Yes. Yep. Huge fan of the games. Um, you dang right. Was lucky enough to go to the last PSX they ever did in Anaheim, which was also celebrating the 10th anniversary of Uncharted. So I got to meet the cast. Um, which was really cool. So Nolan North and Troy Baker and all those guys. Um, Greg got to lead the panel discussion at that one, one Greg Miller, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, I got a PS3 when I graduated college. That's how old I am. And I didn't know what to get Man. for it. And I went to Best Buy. And my buddy was like, you should get this game called Uncharted. I hear it's kind of like Prince of Persia meets like with modern day and you get guns. And he's like, it sounds pretty cool. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll check this out. And man, that game just gripped me so well. Like, for obvious reasons, it just gripped me as this very modern day Indiana Jones tale. And growing up loving those movies, it was really easy to connect with these characters. I also was a big fan of the Tomb Raider games growing up. So like, this is just kind of my jam. These globetrotting national treasure style, you know, find the clue that gets to the next clue that gets to the next clue until you find the treasure. Yep. Um, And then... Man, 2 came out, and it made vast improvements over the first one. Uh, Absolutely fantastic. And it was the first time I remember, like, seeing this idea of video games and movies kind of, like, truly melding together, um, especially in 2, because of the way they put together such massive set pieces. You'd have these really cool set pieces that you are interacting with, and you're kind of getting to live that hero's journey that you always just get to witness on screen. And I don't know. it, It was the first time I saw games as so cinematic. And I think yeah. that's what gripped me so hard for this series. That opening in two is still like fantastic. Yeah. So much so the that train. Like, I mean, on media, in media res is like a thing. I know that, but like, I don't see it very often in games. So to see, yeah, that train sequence, 
Yeah. Amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so, and that carried right under Last of Us, which is my absolute favorite game series. Naughty Dog just knows how to tell a really good story. Listen, I know we were on the opposite side of the spectrum for the Apes trilogy right now, where it's simpatico. I love it. Yeah. First of all, to an earlier point, um, I also met Nolan North once, and I told him I loved him, and he said, oh, I love you too. And so that rocks. There's nothing That's else awesome. to press there. But two, I'm also glad to, to just talk to someone else who also picked up Uncharted 1 and like liked yeah. it at the time, because I also had a PS3. I bought Skate, the video game, before I even had mm-hmm. a PS3 in anticipation of getting one. Then I got one, and I was like, you know what? Let me check out this Uncharted game. I saw a trailer of it on YouTube. I was like, this looks rad. And it right. was rad. It's not it a perfect really game now, cool. but back then, it was rad. Right, absolutely. And that was the first time I was like even aware of trophies. Um, the end, when all the kind of like undead creatures kind of start coming after you, you know? the it's terrifying. Creatures. Yeah. And I was just running around with my shotgun, and I got a trophy called Run and Gun. And that was the first time like a trophy had popped for me. And I was like, what the hell is this? That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. Uh, another yep. question for you, and this yeah. this may be more heated. What what is your oh. favorite Uncharted game? What is my favorite Uncharted game? Yeah. Um, Notice gosh. I'm not saying the best here. Oh yeah, no, I don't believe sure. I don't believe in that. You know, what's your favorite? Me too, and it's something I've been. You know, I'll, breaking news. This is something I've been considering tweeting for so long. Stop saying thing A is better than thing B. Mm-hmm. Start saying you enjoy thing A yes. more than thing B. Because your opinion doesn't make something better. I'm sorry, Twitter world. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that we're done with that. Um, I think I prefer three over two. I go back and forth on them a lot. Um, I agree with you Ultimately, well. I, don't, I don't love the very end fight of the villain in two um, and kind of where that ends up leading. But the emotional punch at the end of two is so dang good when you mm. think of Lena's falling and like she thinks she's gonna die and it's just so good um but gosh the plane sequence in three versus the train sequence come on the boat sequence is I, well in three yeah they're both great games like let's be I'm gonna real. say I enjoy three more yeah well for me it's four i don't know why you didn't even think about four do you not like four i love four i just think it's too long all right i'm tired of this i, fe- I felt like four just overstayed it it's welcome a little bit everyone has the same complaint like you know what who cares like let let's get <laughs> let's give the space for nate and elena to finally like legit interrogate each other about their lifestyle uh, like in some meaningful way and it happens slowly yeah. and you only get that because of its length that's what fair. Like, Four that's also, is it, it does last a while. It's also the pinnacle of the games being made. Like it's obviously the best in terms of set pieces and mechanics. And they had finally tightened up some of those loose those loose screws from two and three. So yeah. from a video game standpoint, without a doubt, I would say four is the best. Got it. But from a store perspective, it just stays overstays is welcome. A little bit yeah. too much for you. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, totally. So I bring all this up because Obviously, the movie we're talking about today is based on the video games, a beloved franchise of both you and I. Um, I don't know with with the art, this franchise being so beloved by a lot of people. Like, did you have any expectations for this? Like the fir- the very first thing for me that, and I'm just gonna skip all the, like the development hell stuff because that's its own discussion. But yeah. for me, like when it's actually coming out and I'm seeing you know Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg as Nathan Sully, like that was my first kind of red flag for the movie. And, and yeah. I'll, I'll just say this: here's my general thoughts on the movie. I want to. I don't want to be too objective, but I, I do think it's not a good movie. And yet, I think I had a really good time watching it. That that is exactly how I feel. I was like, "This is." Um, same friend that I'm going to go see Batman with. He was like, "I don't plan on saying this, but just tell me what you think." When I left, I said, "That is the funnest B minus I've watched in a while." Yeah, yeah. Like, because that those action set pieces in the movie were so well done. Yeah, and they were so reminiscent of the games. And they mm-hmm. did capture that, like, what those games are, which is, yeah, just fun adventure. Um, yeah. And I know we'll get into spoilers later, but I agree. When I first saw the trailers and I first saw the casting, I was like, I don't know. I remember the very first image of Tom Holland coming out in the full gear, and I was like, 
yeah, you nailed the costume, but it still looks like Tom Holland and not at yep. all like Nathan Drake. Um, and those those concerns still hung with me throughout the movie. Um, but it was definitely a lot more fun than I went in anticipating. Yes. And I, and I think, honestly, my biggest issue with the movie, uh, I mean, we're going to keep going. Uh, we're, I, I have like as many praises as I do kind of like issues with the movie. So just moving forward, yeah. to keep that in mind. But I think my biggest issue is that Tom Holland and um, Mark Wahlberg just don't look or sound or transform into Nate and Sully for me. Like at the end of the day, I still just see Tom and Mark Tom and Mark Wahlberg. Like, yeah. I don't think it was really great casting at all. And I, I put out a, like a, a kind of a feelers out there on, on Twitter in anticipation of this podcast. And it seems like other people felt the same. Um, uh, Eric Ginn was saying the same thing. He didn't like that casting, but he still really much enjoyed the movie. Uh, and then uh, friend of the show, who was also on episode as well, also Eric was too. Um, Mario Rivera put out a, a, a Tech Raptor uh, review, which is fantastic. Which is what made me go see the movie in the first place. Also yeah. agreed that you know, super well done movie, great action. Would love to see a sequel, but the the casting itself just wasn't quite right. I warmed up to Tom more by the end than I did Mark. Um, not to say that he completely won me over as Drake. He never did. Sure. Um, Mark Wahlberg just never, ever embodied Sully. Mm-hmm. He, he could have been more of a Drake than he would have ever been a Sully. Yeah. And that's, that's kind yeah. of a big problem for me. Um, my 10 year old who has never played the games, um, we sat down and played the opening of Uncharted 2 because he liked the movie so much because he's tense. Nice. Adventure films are yeah. always going to be perfect, you know. Um, <laughs> and when Sully first comes up in 2, he goes, wow, they really missed the mark in this movie, huh? Like, a 10-year-old said he, this? What the Yes. <laughs> even, like, as soon as he meets Sully, he could tell that Mark Wahlberg was just not it. Yeah. So... Because you know, even in, in the games, right, like they're both kind of dickish characters. They can be because that's like, you know, yeah. who they are at their core. But they're still right. kind of they're still warm with each other. Right? right. And I get this is an origin story, but I never felt Sullivan's warmness that he ultimately like kind of exudes. Right. No. And the well, I'll wait till we get into the spoilers. Like his final turning point isn't enough oh, compared like to everything yeah. that led up to it. Yeah, I so. definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, we can kind of start to, you know, this is this is spoilers now because at this okay. point we have to, right? Yeah, and we'll we'll start with just like we'll continue this discussion of characters that we're having because I think this is really good. For me, what Uncharted is at its core, and I'm just speaking like I guess the idea of the games as well. Uncharted for me is Nate and Elena, the yes. same way kind of um, the Last of Us for me is is uh, is Ellie and or Ellie and Joel, right? Like right. the, the, those stories happen because of those people and to an extent like sully is also part of that as well but sure so knowing going into this movie like i can't judge it for that because this is an origin story it's a younger nate elena's not in it right so not to say that it's it's at a detriment here but it's just i know that i'm i should have different expectations for what i'm getting so if we're going to remove that element then for me what uncharted then becomes is um mystery and and solving first and action and consequence of discovering those mysteries. And I think Uncharted does a mostly good job at it, with the exception of, like, they lean more towards the action rather than the mystery solving. And if that's yeah. the case, the best Uncharted movie has already been made, and it stars Nicolas Cage, and it's a national treasure. <laughs> it's national treasure, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I will say that I thought they did an okay job at the mystery solving, like... And what I mean by that is when the mystery solving was done really well, it was really, really well done. The heaven and hell stuff I thought was great. Yes. When they didn't, when they just decided they couldn't explain it, but they still needed to move the plot forward, the mystery solving got really lazy and really noticeable. Um, the two crosses meeting the final point on the map made absolutely no sense to me. Um, yeah. It felt very just like, well, we need this to happen. Whereas everything else felt just very well fleshed out and explained and we understood where these things needed to go and why they were there. And we were, you know, looking at the notes and the journals to get there. Um, so I just thought that was really interesting that you proved to me you can handle this concept so well. But then over here, you were just like, nah, let's just move on. Yeah. And on that real quick, now you, you reminded me, 
when I'm thinking about the games, um, Elena for me is what makes Nate a better character. Like she brings out yes. the best in him. Um, by the way, Sophia Ali uh, as Chloe, fantastic. She's probably my fa- my favorite character in the movie. Same. However, I think she made Nate a worse person. Yep. Which is like I don't know, I don't know. Like I I think Tom Holland as Nathan Drake was kind of an asshole in this movie. This is the yeah. first I was talking to my friend. I was like, wow, you know, I haven't heard like a, a fat shaming joke in like oh, like ten, over ten years because like that to me is like lazy comedy, right? And they like they just threw that in there, and I'm like, uh, okay, sure, yeah. I don't know. What was the fat shaming joke? What did I miss? Or so I'm just not it happened super quickly, but um, during the 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 heist, I guess you know, in the like the auction, the auction scene. Oh yeah. When when Nate is up top, he has to jump onto the like hanging lights, which is right. again cool. You know, it's it's awesome seeing Tom Holland like parkour, like that stuff is fun. When he yeah. hangs on, um, the guys yell at him like, "What are you gonna do?" And he's like, "Nate's like, I don't, you know, at least your fat asses can't get to me." Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's like it's not yeah. really like a fat shaming joke per se, but it also feels that's... a little bit lazy and, and like out of yeah. almost almost out of character for Nate. Yeah, I don't know. Here's a pitch for you. What if Chloe is supposed to make him worse so that he becomes the cynical Drake who meets Elena to then get pulled back? And here's the thing. I would totally I would totally be in for any sequels no matter what they are because at the end of the day, I still had fun, right? Right. And I, and I want to see this become the Uncharted series that I love. So, yeah, if, if Elena is introduced at some point and I start to see them become these characters, then, yeah, I think it would... It's the same way that I think of um, the Spider-Man trilogy, also a Tom Holland trilogy. Right. <laughs> like, I didn't quite care for Tom Holland's Peter Parker because of, like, his dependence on other people and the way he, his Spider-Man was portrayed. It wasn't the Spider-Man that I was used to seeing. And then Far From Home, I won't spoil, like, recontextualizes the entire trilogy. So if we get to that point, you know, with the Uncharted series, I think that could be right. pretty cool, to be honest. It's interesting. Um Anthony's pirate cat on Twitter. He always talked about before No Way Home came out. He always talked about Tom Holland's Peter Parker and how he didn't feel like he ever grew. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with you. When I left the third one, I was like, man, this absolutely changes this character's journey like entirely for me for all three yeah. movies. So yeah. um, I, I, I do have a pretty big complaint that we didn't even get a post credit introduction of Elena, though. I think that's a, a big miss. I would have liked okay. her to be somewhere. Y- yes and no. Yeah, it's, no, I, not you I don't. Can't. You're okay with just complete absence. I think it would be fine because I, I think, I think just they're too young. They're like they're not the characters we know them as yet. I still think they're in in process of becoming them. And honestly, I, I would have loved to see them like be embody those characters by the end of this movie. I think that kind of fails on that point. And that was to your point earlier, like Sullivan's transformation. Just comes out of nowhere for no reason. He just right. kind of changes character, and uh, like, I mean, it's it works, literally but... in the final moment, he just decides he should not yeah. be him anymore. I not, don't know. Yeah. Was... Uh, what I if they it... would have done the girl at the very beginning with the bracelet? What if that was Elena? And at the end of the movie, we have her coming back to get her bracelet back. Girl with the bracelet in the beginning. You're talking about the the not the villain, right? No, the very, very, very beginning. Oh, when he pickpockets oh, her at the, the bar. At the bar. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. I guess that's the only way you could probably I haven't thought about that. Yeah, story. maybe. Otherwise, you're right. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily fit. I also did kind of like seeing um, Nate be this like this young petty thief guy. Like that to me really yeah. kind of reminded me of like Uncharted Three, like the young Drake scene. Mm-hmm. Where he's trying totally. to make it on his own. Like that's. By the way, we, I haven't even mentioned like the kind of references and and the obvious ones, right? Like the the plane sequence stuff, and, but like also like the smaller stuff, like nods to the game. I thought it was pretty awesome, to be honest. Yeah. It was really weird how they chose to cherry pick from all four games to kind of create this single story. But at the same time, I think that was paying homage to where they were coming from, the games, yeah. right? And making sure they have those connections. But also being like, we are going to stand on our own. We're not going to just recreate the first game, the second game, the third game, the fourth game. We're not going to yeah. recreate the same stories you've already seen. It was just more jarring to me being such a fan of the games. Like, this is really small, but the final, final sequence with Sully and um, Nate, they're wearing the exact same clothes from a flashback scene from three, I believe, with the baseball tee, and he's wearing the green Hawaiian shirt with the Oh, mustache. the post-credit. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. That's from like a flashback of when, you know, Nate's supposed to be like 15 in the games. And so like those moments were just kind of jarring to me. <laughs> actually, actually. The baseball tee that Nate was wearing was actually the first um model that they Naughty Dog ever rendered for Nathan Drake before they decided to switch up the shirt into a Henley. He originally wore a baseball tee. And if you look at the very first trailer for Uncharted, he's wearing that uh, that outfit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So did they just, just, is that also a callback in the flashback in the game when he's wearing that baseball tee then as a kid? Yes. Yeah, that okay, same kind of, cool. the white with the, with the red sleeve. Oh, I actually do remember that. Not only the first trailer, but that very, very first tech demo where he's wearing mm-hmm. the baseball tee and they wanted to show off that his jeans get wet. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I miss 2006, man. Right. <laughs> what a time. <laughs> uh, some more stuff we kind of uh, haven't brought up because we've, we've talked about the protagonists a little bit and we'll continue talking about them as we progress. But the villain, uh, we have Antonio Banderas as Santiago Moncada and Tati Gabriel as Joe. Oh, I didn't write down her last name. My apologies. They, they just call, call her, her Joe. No, they call her something. Yeah, they call her by her last name in the movie. I, I had to circle back. Joe Braddock. Joe Braddock. There's a, there's, okay, we'll just start, start here. How'd you feel as Antonio Banderas as Santiago? Because I, I thought he was a pretty, convi- like, not a super dynamic villain per se, like he's kind of one dimensional, kind of a little bit weak, but Antonio's performance specifically I thought was like awesome because he was a super menacing dude. Yeah, I, uh, I agree that he's fairly generic as they wrote him. But like the scene with his dad, like the final scene with his dad is wildly good. Um, And he was, I don't even know how to put this. He was more jabby than threatening at times, which I thought was really interesting. Mm. Like with Joe when he's just like, Oh, well maybe I should have hired Sully. Like, he takes these little pokes and like kind of prods people forward instead of where we normally get these villains. It's a fail me again and I'll kill you type deal. Yeah. Like every single time he was more just like, Hey, look, if you're not going to do the job, I'm going to go find somebody else who will do it. And they're going to make all the money that you should be making. And I thought that was actually kind of cool too. Cause it kind of, uh, it, it speaks to like Sully's whole point that he's trying to drill into Nate, which is like, this is the business. Like this is how, this kind of lifestyle works like everyone is always out for the money it's always whatever doing something for hire or screwing someone over and like that like was really embodied when antonio was on screen right yeah Yeah. and i i hope that they call the second one among thieves honestly and not even to rip off that story but i felt like that is what tom had to learn as nate in this one or i guess just what nate had to learn in this movie was that he if he's gonna take on this like treasure hunting life he will always live among thieves like yeah they're never going to be people he can trust damn you're making me excited for a sequel as we talk about this yeah i think there's a lot they can do with it mm-hmm. as long as they don't i just don't i don't want them to maximum carnage it <laughs> or yeah. let there be carnage it yeah. since he drank venom. we'll see we'll see and uh, I mean, at least we know we can they can nail the set pieces because the they had a new one in this one, which was the, the whole boat scene. And like, well, I thought it was wicked. like actually like really well done and very cool. I yeah. saw it in IMAX. So it was like very cool to see like in IMAX format. Uh, the only kind of issue I had there is that they play Drake's theme from the games for, I don't know, less than 10 seconds. And just, just for him putting on uh, the gun holster. And yeah. I was like, well, I'm sure, I guess, I mean. At the very least, well, I got a waste smile. Waste of an iconic thing. theme. And yes, then, not only But that, it still made me smile, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see... I wanted to hear that theme so much more. Um, yeah. Also, he puts on that holster. I believe only fires one shot and misses, and then the gun gets knocked out of his hand. Yeah. They... I was really... Up, not upset. It was kind of a bummer to see them not embrace the shooter aspect of an Uncharted game. Like, you know one of the trophies I have is for so many headshots. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's, that's a real yeah. thing. And I've been they, they wanted to shy hard away from that in this. It was very hand to hand. Don't worry. I just knocked him out type stuff. Yeah. Which maybe for the better. Cause like that, that's a thing, right? In, in the naughty dog games, like we kind of ignore that. Nate's kind of a, he's killed a that's lot true. of people. <laughs> yeah. So it, it and might, they might it may, be yeah. that maybe that's what they're trying to fix. You're right. Like, yeah, 
that one character flaw that he does just mm. gun down so many people. Yeah. I have another question for you. Yeah. How'd you feel about the Sam stuff? Which, you know, obviously in the games, you don't, is not introduced until the fourth game. Right. Uh, here it's introduced very quickly. After like the in media res scene, it starts with, with a young Nate uh, at the, uh, I forget the name of the, what is it called? The orphanage. Uh, St. Francis. St. Francis, yeah. Yeah. So they're there. And uh, and Sam is the one that gives Nate the ring, which is different. Yeah. But I also thought, like, actually kind of nice. Oh, I way prefer this method. Um, only because in the fourth game, it feels like such a random thing that he suddenly shows up. Mm-hmm. Whereas they could have alluded to a brother in the first three games and then finally reveal him in the fourth. And I think it would have played much stronger. Yeah. Versus we've just decided to give Nate a brother in this one. So, no, yeah. I, I really like that they introduced him early. Um, nice little teaser that he's still around. Um, and it gave it gave Nate good emotional drive um, and motive, I thought. Yeah. From wanting to find his brother to wanting to fulfill what his brother did um, or was going after and pursuing. And it was really interesting to watch their relationship together even though they're never on screen together for obvious reasons, um, through the postcards. I thought that was yeah. really clever and really well the done. The postcard stuff was was great too, especially like uh, kind of like the twist, you know, so to speak of, you know, you having to do the technique that he used as a kid, which is, you know, bring that lighter up. Of course, the lighter, uh, big uh, iconography in the movie uh, to reveal yeah. a hidden message. And it, I think that was my, my, my other like biggest issue is that I just I never really felt like the catharsis of like I'm unraveling this mystery of whatever treasure or finding right. out like something. Because if I think about Uncharted 1, it's like El Dorado. Like there's a twist, like there's something else that happens. Be, like, there's a reason why El Dorado is where it's at, you know, and two, right. you know, learning about Shambhala and like what happened to it. Same thing with three and four. Like Henry James even is like the most grounded one. Like, yeah, these weren't good dudes. This is what happened to the part society. This is just like, oh, we found the treasure. Okay, let's move on to action. It's like I kind of right. wanted a, a bit more in there, but I totally agree. The the unraveling is a good good way to put it. Um, how the hell did the ships get into that cave? I have no idea. Maybe the water level Speaking was lower. Of- Global warming's a thing. I don't know. I guess I that was my first thoughts. Like he swims through this tiny little hole to get into this big cave. And then there's two giant pirate ships. And I'm like, OK, but you had to swim through a tiny hole to get here. Like, how did these things appear here? You don't just have a bunch of mountain around. You got me there, dude. <laughs> you got me there. Um, that, and I get it. Lots of movies. We need to suspend disbelief. But that was one that like the second he goes into the cave, I was like, what? What? Yeah. So we're kind of jumping around here, which I think is okay. But I, I have a lot of, I've had a lot of complaints, but one thing I haven't really praised it enough for is, and I know I said that, you know, the action should be in service of the mystery and it doesn't really happen here. And yet I think the action is really well done. My favorite, the plane scene. Oh, it's, yeah. it's this, it's just the right amount of the same for it to be like, exciting because we know what's going to happen but just different enough to leave me like oh it's different how is he going to get out of it this time and the big one for me was like him falling out with chloe was awesome dude and i I loved that chloe what an improv moment for her to be like i have to get off of this plane and i'll just figure it out once i'm out and so she just takes his car and drives out yeah very much Um, like a nathan drake thing to do Yes, exactly. She's doing those like, kind of yeah, just getting lucky. I need to escape, and I'll figure out the rest once I'm there. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I loved loved the plane sequence and the pirate ship sequence. Um, I really enjoyed the the auction set piece too. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, the bubble and then gum, well, I not necessarily cool. a set piece, but the bartending uh, fight scene is so good in that underground club in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um. It got to show off a lot of really fun Tom Holland skills that he doesn't necessarily get to do as Spider-Man because he's Spider-Man, so he's using his abilities or whatever. Yeah. Um, but to see him like flipping bottles around and all that kind of stuff, it was it was cool to watch him kind of showcase off how talented he really is physically. Yeah, hopping around like back and forth, and I think he like kicked up yep. a bottle with his feet and like grabbed it. Maybe maybe, maybe that didn't happen. Maybe I'm just lying. Still, he's doing very cool stuff with with the yeah. bottles in that scene for sure, and also at the beginning when he's bartending, which I don't know if I loved, but sure. Yeah, 
it was reminiscent of uh, Haley in Hawkeye in the wine cellar. Did you watch Hawkeye on oh, Disney? Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, when she's like the kicking, wine cellar scene yeah. when she very first kind of puts on the Ronin gear and she's kicking mm-hmm. bottles all over the place and flipping them around and using yeah. them as weapons. Reminded me a lot of that. Yeah. I, I want. I brought up the the very first bartending scene because I I have a. I have a complaint here, and this isn't about the movie. This is about real life, okay? Okay, let's hear it. I was out at a bar last night for my buddy's uh, birthday. We we're just chopping it up, and him and I, we, we you know, we like to make cocktails. We like to drink cocktails, so we discuss, you know, cocktails just in general. Right. And we were kind of talking about how not a lot of places in Portland are like um, super up on like. You have to be careful with what cocktails you order at what places, because just some places just don't know. Right, it just kind of depends on the bar. Some bars are kind of casual, you know. Yeah, and I remember once ordering an americano, which I am so happy that this movie like actually brought up because an americano is not just a coffee; it's also a cocktail. Yeah, and like not like not a lot of people know about this. I mean, bartenders know, but just I don't right. know. Everyone's usually ordering like an old fashioned or something. Uh, and so for him to talk about I feel this, called I thought, out right now because I didn't know Americano was a cocktail and I normally order an old-fashioned. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It, it's it's okay. You know, it just proves my I'm point. I'm being attacked live on this show. And so, No, I was so uh, like a few years ago, pre-COVID, I, I went to a bar and I ordered an Americano because I really wanted one. And, yeah. you know, if the bartender doesn't know it, you know, they'll usually let me know. Like, sorry, I don't know that one or nah, we don't have that, which is fine. But this bartender attacked me. They're like, this isn't a Starbucks. You got to order something else. And I'm like, whoa. All right, whiskey sour, sure, why not? <laughs> it's a Starbucks. Anyway, so thank you, Uncharted, for referencing the Americana. Now, what is it? Can you explain the cocktail to me? No. Oh, cool. <laughs> I haven't had it in so long. Let's let's okay. find out together. Americana ingredients. Because it's similar to uh, the old fashioned, but it's a bit different. Not as bitter, if I remember correctly. See, now I'm get, I'm just getting pure coffee. Americano cocktail ingredients. I love this, by the way. I'm glad we're doing this together. Yeah. If you are listening to this and you make an Americano, tweet out to us. How was it? Here we go. Um, one, and a half, one and a half ounces of, of Campari, one and a half ounces of sweet vermouth, uh, and then soda water, and you can garnish with a twist. Which, so it's similar to the woman at the bar chooses not to garnish because she walks away. As he's grabbing the garnish and then he drops it on the bar. Mm. Mm. Also, by the way, now I'm, I'm back on Uncharted now. It's just very cool to yeah. see uh, Nate be this petty thief. We've already mentioned that, but also Sully being able to identify that Nate is a petty thief. He's yes. That mark. And it's all because of Sam, of course, but still. Just... But to watch him work and like, I really appreciated the whole like he steals the bracelet from him and leaves his card and like pickpockets him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was a that was a really cool nice little setup. And seeing um, them, I was glad Sam gets brought into the picture because at first, just like solely being at this bar and being like, "Hey, I see you pickpocket. Let's go on a world adventure." I was like, "What the hell is this?" Mm, yeah, like I really thought that's how they were going to introduce these two characters. So when they brought Sam back into the fold, I was like, oh, "Okay, this makes a lot more sense." So it gives them reason, it gives Nate reason yeah. to be doing this, which I thought was, yeah, it works really well. Yeah. Uh, one thing we haven't mentioned that I want to bring up too, because we've talked about the characters individually, but together, how did you feel about the uh, like the charisma between you two? Because even though I didn't like them, you know, as Nate and Sully, I still think they did kind of a good job of like having a good back and forth. Like some of the stuff was pretty funny. Do you know what I mean? They did a good job with the funny, and Tom Holland is incredibly underrated, in my opinion, as an actor. I'd like to see him, like, if he wants to keep doing blockbusters, you know, go get that bread. I get it. But I want to see him start stretching himself more because he blew me away with his performance in um, No Way Home. And then in this one, Mark, they were great in the comedic moments. I didn't feel like Mark could actually keep up with Tom in some of those more emotional moments. When he's saying things like, can you not work me for one minute? Like, just this is yeah. about my brother. This is the only thing I'm going to do. Like, Tom really shows up in that scene. And I just I never felt like Mark could keep yep. pace in those more dramatic moments. Mark Wahlberg has one emotional expression. And it's just like this puzzled look. Where he's, yeah. he's, <laughs> that's all he has. But yeah, 
Tinder stuff was what funny. About- I felt I felt called out when Tinder was in the equation. Like, oh, yeah. I'm more like Sully <laughs> than I thought. Here I am find, trying to find the love of my life, you know? <laughs> Too many apps over, man. Yeah. Um, oh, God. <laughs> how did you great, feel about great him callback. and Chloe? Uh, ca- Nate and Chloe, specifically. Oh, Nate and Chloe. You know what? I still have my issues with it, right? We've already talked about how I feel like Chloe ultimately kind of makes Nate a worse person. But also kind of teaches him about thief culture. But there's that one scene of them together when they're about to drown. Uh, and again, great sequence here when they're they're in Barcelona. When they're about to drown in the trap door and Sully's fighting in a Papa John's. Haha, ha, we laugh. Um, yep. But like them two, like having a, an actual human real connection, like acknowledging like their old mortality might just is about to happen. And them being like, listen, like, deep breaths we can do this chloe telling nate saying you can do this i thought was like yeah. awesome and like that for me is like when i finally settle on them too like actually having pretty great um like not charisma together but like a great like dynamic together yeah how about you yeah um i yeah they were i thought they were stronger than nate and sully personally um all the way throughout even leading all the way up to uh, the hotel room scene where he fakes her out because he's he's come to realize who she is at the end of the day. Like she's she can't be trusted, even though he's willing to let a little bit more of himself in. Um, but yeah, I thought they played off of each other really, really well and loved, loved that he ends up kind of pulling one over on her in the final yeah. moments there. So yeah. and honestly, I think the double cross, the first double cross, Chloe's first you know, backstab of Nate works so well because it feels like she almost kind of doesn't want to do it because she can tell that he's different and he might be kind of a good person, right? And they just shared this, you know, moment together where, you know, he saved her life. He brought her yeah. he brought her out of the water. So I don't know. That it, it adds an extra emotional punch like a few moments after when, when she double crosses. So I, yeah. Great stuff right there in that scene. Uh the review for my ten year old, he also loved Chloe the most. Um, and bought the nice. Chloe Fortnite skin immediately after the movie. So oh, that's right. Which so. which one? The the actress or the game Chloe? He started out playing because you get both skins. Um, Got it. He started out by playing the movie Chloe, but now that we've played a little bit of Uncharted two, he has switched over to game Chloe because he really likes that character. Nice. Very awesome. Um, here's a question for you though. I would just looked up her. Where she was from. I didn't recognize her from anything. Same. Um, she's from just San Diego. Was she Australian in this movie? No, I didn't hear any kind of accent coming from her. Because is that what you were kind of referencing? Like in the game, she has an accent or? Well, in the game, she's British. And in this one, I couldn't tell if she was trying to be British or Australian. And it swapped on me a couple of times. Hmm. She definitely has if she did accent. have if she did have an accent it, like I, I i think it was kind of passing me through like i, I just didn't it wasn't okay. clear enough for me to notice but hmm. okay i mean it doesn't rewatch it doesn't affect the rest of the performance she's still fantastic i just couldn't right I yeah just genuinely could yeah. not figure out what accent she was going for yeah to me chloe isn't defined by her her british accent necessarily per se but she uh yeah they both they both these chloe's have a charm Yes. Yeah, they both have a charm. Yeah. 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 Anything else we haven't mentioned? Because I think we even hit the post credit scene. We hit our problems with um, Sully's. The bubblegum. Okay. I, I got to bring up the bubblegum again. The first time it comes around, it's funny, right? Because, you know, Sully is kind of bagging Nate for chewing like kids' gum. Yeah. And then we see that it actually works because he's using it to prop a door open. That's why he kind of right. had it in there, which I thought was fantastic. But yep. the final mention of the bubblegum I thought was awesome because it's Nate and Sully finally having like an actual like nice connection between the two where he like, I got one more piece for you and it's not gold. It's just the bubblegum. And that one gesture I thought meant so much to me. And, uh, it was great. Now, it doesn't matter to me that Sully kind of throws it away. Like that's funny. Like I don't, I don't think it really matters because the, the actual gesture that Sully does is, is save Nate's life. But just this one moment of symbolism I thought was very cool. And the symbolism behind it of him kind of accepting Sully as his new Sam. Cause mm. it was like the very beginning. It was a brother thing, right? Like he hands him, he's like, we'll split the last piece. 
and then Nate pops the whole piece and he's like, you're such a punk and they move on. So like, I yeah. really enjoyed the symbolism that he gives it to him. And then even when Sully throws it away, he goes, Hey, that was my last piece. The only thing that's weird to me is like Sully was always supposed to be more of like, I don't even want to say father figure, but more of like that uncle figure probably Yeah, <laughs> in the sure. games. And so to make them more like brothers in this one was, was an interesting take. I never felt like, even though Mark is constantly trying to teach Nate about this world and how you can't trust anybody. I never got that true, like kind of mentory feel from him that Sully is such to yeah. Nate in the games. I agree. Yeah. So. Like, but like you said, you know, if they can get closer to that in any kind of sequel, I think yeah. it'd be welcomed by both. Because it's the movie did well, like box office wise. Maybe not yeah. critically, but it's it did really well. And Sony said it it is might be a, a franchise now, like they might be working on another one. So. Right. Yeah. It sounds like we'll hear news about a second one. I would guess within the next couple of months. Um, mm. That spoke volumes to me when the Sony execs did come out and they said, we feel like we have the next major franchise on our hands. You're like, okay, cool. Well, cool. we'll at least get more of these and I'm, and I'm in for more of these. By the way, it's pretty cool to see the PlayStation studios kind of intro. Oh, from the, that was pretty cool. That was movie. Yeah. really well done. Mm. It's funny. Like, I feel like Marvel kind of defined needing to have a really good kick-ass title sequence. Yeah, and like in terms of like modern moviegoers, I think yeah, you're you're totally right. Um, what would you say the, is more for the past for like really strong opening title sequences for a studio? Uh, so many, man. Like DreamWorks, I think. Uh, tw- tw- it's not 20th Century Fox. Anyway. 20th Century, like that's iconic. Everyone that's like, knows knows like that tune. I love the Columbia Pictures one too. It's not really that iconic, but I will see. <laughs> anyway, I, I, one last note is obviously what we kind of forgot to talk about uh, is Tati Gabriel as, as Joe Braddock, uh, because I think she's ultimately kind of a little bit forgettable. Uh, she yeah. dies in a very horrifying way, but other than that, <laughs> and... did you, did you appreciate her double cross though of Antonio Mendez? Oh, that was, that was, yeah, because I didn't expect it at all. I thought that was actually pretty Same. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how like sometimes you can enjoy a moment just for the sheer surprise of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, pretty great for him to be like giving this big bad guy speech and then he just gets freaking sliced and is dead. Yeah. I was like, Oh shit. That was, that was surprising. Okay. And it hammered the, the whole theme of the movie, which is like, this is what thief life is. Thief life is like it's full yeah. of double crosses. So yeah, that was pretty right. cool. Oh, so, shout out to the rooftop chase scene when Chloe first takes um, the cross when they arrive in Barcelona. Really good parkour yeah. scene all the way yeah. through. Um, especially as he's chasing her across, I thought the the final piece, and then he actually slips and falls into the fountain. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that was that was great. Oh man, just shirtless Tom Holland was pretty cool. Like that dude. I forget how like ripped and how like how strong he is. He's doing all these like workout the little montages. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Yeah, that dude is jacked. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Anything and else? To me, it looks like he's a. Uh, bulking up a little bit since his spider-man days even he put on what like five pounds of muscle for um no way home the newest one um so yeah i think he's he's gaining a bit more weight which i would love to know the secrets eat more is obviously the secret but yeah well and just be tom holland have somebody follow you around that says time to eat this here you go be a millionaire with a dietitian and yep. <laughs> a, yeah, a coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to throw in uh, some reviews here from our followers slash LB users. Uh, Ethan, love that man. A uh, guest and friend of the show. Uh, gave this movie three stars in letterbox and writes 10 out of 10 Tom Holland workout montage. And the rest of the movie was fun too. Which is like, I think that, probably that is the, the most Ethan review. review ever. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> God. Uh, Jackson with his uh, fucking Jackson. This man's letterbox reviews are insane. Jumped up and down in the theater when Eddie Raja, Tenzin, and Charlie Cutter showed up through the portals Chloe Frazier created. Epic crossover moment. Nice, nice endgame reference there. Yep. And I'm going to just. Hugo always writes like a little serious reviews. But I'm going to distill it to um, his one sentence line at the very bottom, which reads, again, nothing special, but still a good time. 
Yeah. Which I'm going to leave it there. I think that's a great way to define that movie. I probably should have touched on this very briefly. This is a huge, in my opinion, huge step in the right direction for uh, video games coming to screen. Because it's been something yeah. that's been such a massive struggle to do. And did they absolutely nail it? No. But is this so much better than, say, Doom with The Rock? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I, well, I, my mind goes to like a modern like modern takes, which is, I think this is better than Tomb Raider. At least if it can. Yeah, use. I'd agree. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Not as good as The Witcher, but that's not a fair comparison. I haven't seen The Witcher. Is it good? It's real good. It's real good. Uh, I should you still but they also went more off of the book material than the video game material, so there's an argument there that it's not okay. necessarily a direct um, video game adaptation in that sense. Got it. Interesting. So, yeah. But that's that's interesting that you brought up Tomb Raider because when it ended, that was my first thought. I was like, I enjoyed this more than the newest Tomb Raider. Right on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Perfect. Aaron, I think that about wraps up discussion. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, folks. Remember to give us a sub to stay up to date with all our cinema thoughts here on Large Popcorn. Aaron, if folks want to find you, where can they do so? You can hang out with me on Twitter uh, at Aaron Cini, A-A-R-O-N-S-E-A-N-E-Y. Or you can come hang out with me on Speaking of Stadia, but I'll be honest, Jake really runs that account. Um, But that is Speak of Stadia, um, because Speaking of is too long. Got it, got it, got it. All right. But for the most part, my main Twitter is where I do my ramblings about uh, movies and video games and post photo mode pictures of video games I'm playing. And don't forget to listen to Give Me 20. Yes. Everyone. You can find that anywhere. And we love five-star reviews on Spotify. Um, You will find Give Me 20 actually under the Awesomely Average banner. So if you just search Awesomely Average, it'll be there. For the longest time. Because I'm, I'm an Apple podcast user. I'm sorry. Uh, I would log on to Spotify just to listen to this. Then I realized, like, why am I looking this up on Spotify? It's probably on Apple Podcasts, too. And it was. So now I'm listening yeah. there. Yeah. Nice. Love it. You can leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, too. It's okay. I will. Yeah. Folks, until next time, we hope you enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for the Batman. Spoilers. That's our next episode. Long live Chloe Zhao. In Denis, we trust. <laughs>